Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? Good. Who can complain, right? Yeah. I rammed Sandra into a runner this morning. Win-win. See, everyone's having a great day so far. A little homicide. For people... Homicide? For, homicide. For, for, I don't know what happened to that guy. All I know is he ran him over. For people who um, aren't regular listeners or have chosen to tune out Mike at times when he talks about this topic, his uh, Sandra is the man's electric scooter. Which That's happens... Great. Let me tell you, the weather's been nice here, or nicer, I guess. Um, people been zipping around in those... I've seen a couple of people zipping around in those scooters, Mike. I've seen yeah, it. I mean, I know you're jealous. I know you want one. Um, for those of you that want, want more context, I was zipping my way to work on Sandra, and it was my light, and some fuckhead who was running decides to not look both ways before he decides to dart into the middle of the street. And I had a split second to think to myself, all right, I'm either going to swerve out of the way, save this guy, or and, and, and cause possible real harm to myself i thought about doing that for half a second and then then i thought fuck this guy he ran out to the middle of the road i'm using him as cushion and i rammed into his ass going 12 to 15 miles per hour and he deserved every bit of it guys so let's just hope the per- none of the none of the people listening to this podcast are one of the ones that mike ran as the person mike ran into Hey, guess what? Guess what? I can do that. You know why? Because I had right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there okay. you go. Justifiable That's homicide, right. just like I said. Right. <laughs> no one's dead. Homicide. Um, we don't know. Have you been keeping tabs on him? We don't know. I saw him. I saw him. I saw him walk away afterwards. So he's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then later he had a brain aneurysm. I was going to say the, the, the internal bleeding know. takes a time, some time to set in, yeah. folks. Um, all right, guys. Uh, got a pay per view to talk about this weekend. That's happening this weekend. Uh, Izzy Adesanya, Bobby Knuckles, uh, gonna fight for that middleweight championship. We're gonna have a rematch from a fight that was, gotta say, about two or so years ago. I want to say. Um, uh, we'll get the exact date by the time this thing starts. Um, where Izzy took that strap off of um, Whitaker in a was it a stadium? Was it they did it in the first time? I want to say. Or a very large venue, one way or the other. Um, down in, I think they fought the fight in New Zealand. We'll get. You know what? Probably should have figured this out before I started talking. But we're gonna see if no anybody. Just if, keep vamping. I'll get it for yeah, you. Yeah. Anybody, just look up whatever pay per view that was, when it was, how big the venue was. Just do the research, buddy. That I should have done. Um, we're gonna it see. It was in. It was in the Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Australia. All right, which is kind of big because it's called Stadium. Um, when, when is it? When was it, Mike? 
October 5th, 2019. Yep, a little bit over uh, two and a half years approaching. Two and, two and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to see if anybody here thinks Bobby Knuckles got himself another chance. Uh, got himself a chance to take that title back. Um, some good fights on that card, including a co-main event that one of the participants agreed to while drunk. Uh, agreeing to it while texting while he was drunk. So that's nice. Um, leading up to that, we're going to talk about Strawn Strickland and... This card that happened this past weekend, which I think I saw more of than I have than any of these um, just some fights cards in quite some time. Uh, some news about uh, one of the participants sounds like he's half retiring or something. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Henry Cejudo coming out of retirement or at least re-entering the USADA testing pool so he can fight at 145 pounds. Um, personally, he should have considered baseball because right now baseball is not drug testing anybody. Um, for steroids, which everybody's going to be so swole come spring training, Mike. It's going to be great. <laughs> My Mets players, please read that news article. Mm. No more drug testing, mm. all right? For now. If you, got, if you guys don't come back juicy, you're not doing it right. I mean, if you get on that right cycle right now, you might be okay. Uh, Mike, did you, not, did you not appreciate the Mets history I gave you in that photo I sent you earlier this week? We're just way off topic now. Send Mike a picture of Taz... And uh, Bobby Valentine from like two thousand and one, and I'm pr- and I'm pretty sure that's Hook in his arm, right? Yeah, it is. That is Taz's a young arm. Hook. That is the uh, the handsome chap that is Hook. Um, you, Taz's demeanor and everybody's demeanor in that family makes a lot more sense, knowing they're Mets fans. That's right. <laughs> no one's angrier than a Mets fan. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, this past weekend though, let's talk about MMA. Sean Strickland, um, making a lot of headlines, acting crazy. We talked about it last week. Um, playing up the gimmick quite a bit, went out there and, um, I'll give him this. I feel there was more people talking about a random card on a Saturday than usual. One of these cards, but most of those people were making jokes about Sean Strong Strickland. Um, Sean Strickland jabbed Jack Hermanson for 25 minutes. Well, for 24 minutes and 45 seconds. And then the last 15 seconds, he called Jack Hermanson a pussy. And they started throwing some hands, and then the fight was over. Um, honestly, don't begrudge a man for winning, uh, Marcus, in a world where half your paycheck depends on winning. Um, just seems like a lot of people were disappointed, were sold a false bill of goods, which seems strange considering the man doesn't knock anybody out, and he does a decision all the time. Uh, what do you think of the fight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could maybe understand fans that, weren't familiar with his recent fights and we're just going purely off, you know, interviews and, and how he kind of portrays himself and then being disappointed in the performance and, you know, maybe not him going after the finish, which, you know, even I think Bisping criticized him during the match, but, you know, having, well, Bisping's logic look- was solid too. Pardon me. Pardon me. Bisping's logic of, if you want to leapfrogging these other guys fighting this weekend to get a title shot, you're going to want to put a stamp on it here, you know, but in Bisping, we know he was a guy in that division in a similar position where you know he was getting a lot of wins i mean bisbee also lost those big fights he needed to but he was also a guy that when he was in control of those fights he would turn up the heat and finish guys yeah. and that's why we saw him you know get a lot of tkos by accumulation because maybe not you know known for his you know power so much um as much as you know his consistency but he is a fighter who knew how to turn up the heat and that's something that you could criticize about strickland in this fight uh, in the last couples of his fights i mean for me personally I do find him to have interesting characteristics in the cage. I don't think I've seen someone manage the distance as well as he does in a boxing stance. Um, he 
he really controlled this fight. I mean, we can say it was all the jab, but it's really just his complete control of distancing, timing, um, and being able to land his shots and get out of the way of Jack's. Um, and Jack really needed to change the complexity of this fight. He needed to take it to the ground. He needed to turn this into a grappling match. And because he could not control that distancing, he couldn't get any worthwhile shots. There know, was no plan B, the- it seemed like, beyond. like He seemed like his agenda was to take him down. And once he couldn't, it was just... And you know, I mean, a lot of this, I mean, as you mentioned, this is all based on distance, but there didn't seem to be a big plan for what to do beyond if you couldn't take him down. Yeah, I mean, he definitely doesn't really have the striking regiment to kind of figure those things out on the fly. But there, there are things in Strickland's game that makes him somewhat susceptible in the stand-up. Um, and it's mostly, you know, he keeps his hands down. He he does a good job defending himself by, like I said, managing that distance and taking a half step back just to get out of range. But he is always in kicking range. You know, Jack had some success with low kicks and kicks to the body. Um, and I think with combination, because Strickland was not super interested in staying in the pocket and exchanging with him, he was he was much more interested in having a turn-based battle where basically he would get his turn, throw his jab or a combination of punches, and then Jack would throw his. And there wasn't a lot of back-and-forth exchanges until you meant, like, like you mentioned, in the fifth round where they kind of went down in the last 10 seconds and, and did exchange in the pocket a little bit more. Um, you know, Jack's inability to get him down, his inability to fight at range to use those kicks more effectively to try to stop Sean basically hampered his chances to win this fight. And we basically saw, you know, Strickland control the fight. And like you said, there was some times, you know, I think it like we discussed before the, um, the show, I think it was the end of the second round. Mike said that, you know, Strickland actually did throw a counter punch. And even though it didn't land cleanly, it put Jack on his ass. Um, and there was a few times where he started to follow up the jab with a right, you know, straight or a right overhand, you kind of mix it up, but nothing substantial enough to really do, you know, consistent he, he damage, very but a much, good outing. Yeah, I mean, great win for him. You know, he beat another good fighter. I think Hormans Hormans Probably the eight. best fighter on his resume so far. I mean, so. I, I was going to say beating Hall was pretty impressive after Hall's mm-hmm. streak there, but like... That's, he's up there. Yeah, um, big win for him, and it just he kind of just felt like you didn't know what round it was by the way he was fighting. You know what I mean? Like, could have been Which any I round. think it is very I mean, measured in each round. Yeah, and you can talk about maybe how it wasn't the most exciting fight, but what I really saw was a dude put in five pretty good rounds, pretty good output, and did not look worse for shape. He did not. There was he no looked like he could have kept going for another five rounds. Yeah, he paced himself extremely well. So I mean, this is a guy that can fight five rounds, controlled, and not get tired is pretty substantial. You know, it, I mean, when you look at the other way with Jack, you know, he definitely seemed more frantic. It seemed like his output. Wasn't nearly as high, but he was using a lot more energy and getting tired. And I'm sure that had a lot to do with his takedowns. I guess it's also like some people were just like, you know, it felt like Strickland could have. I mean, okay, let's go to Mike on this. Mike, he said he fought like a pussy. Um, I don't think that's Strickland Strickland said said he he felt like he fought. Did you watch? Did you watch the post fight interview he had with Bisping? No. Okay, he said he says I fought like a pussy. Um, I'm not sure any of us would think that's a thing when you win a cage fight. There is no fighting like a pussy, but I don't think I would, I would, I would disagree with his own assessment. I mean, even though he's literally the one that was in the cage for 25 minutes. Um, I think as we just mentioned, he was fighting a lot more measured. I think this may have been his first five round, five round fight. His second, he he went five, five, he went five hard with Uriah also because, because I remember, you know, in his earlier fights, you know, he would. He he would he would blitz him a lot more and use a lot more energy in those three round in those three round contests and 
I think this is him learning that to go a full 25 rounds, you you can't go balls to the wall from from the beginning. Um, he may call it being, you know, fighting like a pussy. I call it being strategic. I mean, I don't know. He went 5-0. He won all five rounds with Uriah. Then he won all five of those rounds too. I don't think he helped his case making those comments. Honestly, like, I mean... Because is who who wants to fight this weekend? That's the, on, on the card. Um, Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier. Like, I don't want to cast aspersions on each of those gentlemen, but both of them have been known to put on a snooze fest. Um, it happens. It's fine. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be hard to. He he. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking it's very possible these are these other guys put on a snooze fest too, and then he like he he's However, right there. Here's the thing. Right now. He might be in the driver's position, but it's a very tenuous hold on the driver's position that he has because all he needs, well, all all he needs is for Derek Brunson or Jared Cannonier to knock one of the other out in not even spectacular fashion, just in, you know, just a knockout fashion. And that might be enough to, to knock him from getting the next. I mean, them shot. just them just winning a decision and not calling themselves pussies might actually be enough for them to. Yeah, to, that that didn't help I either. Mean, anyway, I mean, then again, Derek Brunson getting a title shot as deserved as it may be at this. I mean, if Izzy Adesanya still got that championship, that's going to be a tough sell. He's going to have to really put on a performance. Um, rest of this card. Um, oh. I have something else for Sean Strickland. Um, no, never mind. We can move on. Um, Nick Maximov, Punahele, Soriano. I'm assuming I'm the only one to watch any of these fights, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, Nick, Ma- that was only relevant because he is a team. He's a Nick Diaz Academy guy. And he just wrestled this dude to a decision. And Nate was, <laughs> and I was people are just like, because Nate was there. Nate's cheering his buddy on and he's excited, you know? And people are like, oh, uh, why is Nate cheering? I thought Nate hates ground and pound. And I'm just I'm like, he hates, hates uh, takedowns. And I'm just like, bro, it's his friend? Like, why, why wouldn't he root for his teammate? That's uh, a little disappointing. Um, Brandon Allen, Sam Alvey. Uh, Brandon Allen took this fight on four days notice. Beat Sam Alvey up. Um, won in the second round there. Sam Alvey said um, he's going to have to do some self-reflecting besides he, before he takes another UFC fight. Sam Alvey's lost, like... Eight of them things. Eight of, uh, Sam Alvey ain't won a fight in so long. Um, yeah, do, we got, do, do he got naked pictures of Dana White? How you lose eight in a row, son? I think I think he lives so close to the... Set to the... Perfor- whatever they call it, the Apex, that this, they're, they're not even paying for the Uber ride. Like I think, Sam, I think Sam is just walking up. And that's like, that's it, bro. I don't know. I mean, Sam, Sam might, Sam might be security at the performance. I mean, he's lost. No, he's sorry. He lost seven of them. One of them was a draw. Um, it's basically a loss. It's just not going well. I mean, we don't want anybody to lose their job, but. Um, Marcus, this isn't going to fix the video is not going to fix itself unless you disconnect and reconnect. It it seems, it seems his job is to just lose. All right. He's like, all right. I was watching AW Dark Elevation before we started here and we saw, I saw there was a guy there that was 0 and 6. And all I thought was, well, you know, jobbers are important as well. I mean, is Sam Alvey the first UFC jobber? No, because there's all these other guys making, why are you paying Sam Alvey 50 grand a job when they can have a guy making 10 grand job? 
He's an excellent jobber. That's why. Um, Jobby name for everybody, Bobby. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. If you seems like a smart, he seems like he's a capable person who speaks well. Maybe you can get one of those desk jobs too. The UFC seems like someone who would do well with there. Um, and uh, the other thing I enjoyed from this card was uh, there was a gentleman, uh, Brian Battle, and Trayson Gore. Brian Battle couldn't see out of one eye for a good amount of this fight to the point that I'm like, why aren't they stopping this? But he won. And then uh, Bisping was like, oh, the eye was compromised, yada, 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 when he was talking to him. And, and uh, Battle's like, who needs two good eyes? And Bisping goes, don't I know it, buddy. And I was like, <laughs> that was the best part of the whole, that was about probably, honestly, the best part of the whole card that I saw. I enjoyed that. Um, hey, Mike, Michael's Bisping won a championship with only one eye. Michael, I just want to say, I think Michael Bisping is really good um, and, and as a commentator. I think he does a really good job. For someone, I think we all probably, if we were going to guess, one of these fighters was going to get their ego involved and, you know, make it about them and stuff and get get in fights with fighters there. People probably had a safe, probably thought Bisping would be one of those people. I think Bisping does a really good job there. I think he handles himself very professionally in that context. And the stuff he talks about is... Like, good insight, you know? And he seems like he does his homework on, like... Not to say other people like DC aren't doing their homework, but I think Bisping is definitely doing his homework when he goes out there. What do you think, Marcus? Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's slotted himself well. I think him and Felder, for the most part, you know, do a pretty good job. It, it definitely has been a good pivot for him overall in his career. You know, he, he was always good on the mic, and he's a good analysis. So, he, yeah, he's good to have in the booth. Yeah, always pretty uh, pretty decent YouTube channel, too, if you're looking for some more Michael Bisping content. Just saying. Pretty decent. Um, all right. Um, some news. Um, sounds like Kamara Usman had a little hand surgery. But he'll be back in time, he says, for International Fight Week. You, you know what I didn't need? I didn't need Dana White tweeting out a picture of Kamar Usman's surgery. Oh, he did that? Yeah. It looked gross. I mean, that's not nice. The inside, the inside of his hand looked like what it looks like when you like split, split open a filet fish mm. Bony. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's had his Wait, hand what? broke. Hasn't Wait. he broken his hand, too, before a few times with tomorrow? Hold up. Mark. Your fillet of fish got bone in it. Well, a lot of fish has bone in it. No, no, no. A f- like a McDonald's fillet. Oh, McDonald's. Well, that barely got calls... fish in it. <laughs> yeah, Mike. A fillet of fish is not only the McDonald's product. <laughs> you can also just have right, a fillet right, of fish, up. and it usually does contain a lot of bone. When someone says fillet of fish, ah, right, come on, baby, you're only talking about Mickey D's. I, I never, I have happily never had a filet of fish so it does not come it is not on the forefront of my me, mind me neither it's disgusting okay. i've had yeah, tartar but... sauce american cheese and br- and fried fish gross okay and not that oh, i'm God, trying to God. say anything at mcdonald's Sorry. tastes good but it's as good as any other burgers or sandwiches you get there man it's fine well <laughs> that's not true you haven't not had it i'm the only one who's had it here I, I, I've bitten into a fillet of fish before, and that's all I need. You had a bite of someone else's sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, this thing can't get any grosser, Mike. Why don't you get a big old juicy bite out of this bad boy before I finish it off? <laughs> you already know, Mark. Yeah, that's. And that was my fillet of fish, right now. Um, now, Bobby, there was news of some. What were you talking story? about, Bobby? Uh, I don't even remember anymore. Uh, no, nah, Usman had hand Usman. surgery. He'll yeah, be back in July. Cool. Um, other story that seems to be happening is that uh, 
We got um, Henry. So people are like, Dana White's like, if Henry Cejudo's serious, he'll, he'll re-enter the USADA pool. Well, Henry Cejudo's serious. Henry Cejudo's serious. So he's re-entering the USADA pool. Um, I'm going to be the only person advocating for this, but the man won two other championships. Let's see if he can win a, a, a one in a third weight class. I mean, why not? Why the that fuck sells, not? That sells. He's the first one to get three title, you know, three division title holder. That's pretty fucking yeah, cool. So, Quadruple C doesn't have the same ring to it, though. 4C? It says 4G. He's 4C. C4? Oh, C4. C4? Oh, oh. that's a good one. Well, now he's got to get another one. So um, put a lot on him. Oh, I, all right. If he, if he comes back and he challenges for the 145, I'm, I'm going. I'm rooting for him. Speaking of 145-pound title, um, as it's been established that the zombie... Korean Zombie is taking on uh on Volkanovski because mm-hmm. Max was hurt. But it turns out Max is now being cleared, and Max said he would like to be the replacement. Or whatever, the uh, backup for that fight. And not that I'm trying to take money out of Korean Zombie's pocket, but if he's okay, let let's let's just do the fight. Right? Let's just do that third fight right now and call it a day, no? Like no, I feel fun. I feel contracts have been signed already. You know, zombies probably already spending money on a training camp. Uh, the UFC contracts aren't worth the money they're printed on. Okay, come on now, that's what's happening. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, okay, well, that's what we got going on there. One forty-five. The, the weight class. Alex beat everybody. Max beat Max and Alex are better than everybody else in that weight class. Like it's just the way it is. So mm-hmm. let's get Henry in there. That, Alex I mean, is short that's too. why Henry can jump in and, and, you know, get a shot fairly easily once he clears this pool, Bob. I'm we just saying sure it's, this boy's clean. it's more interesting if Alex is still the champion than if Max Ugh. gets the title back before they fight. How much, just how much shorter is Henry going to be than those other guys? That's the thing. Alex is like 5'6". I was going to say probably not much shorter than Alex. I think, I think, I think Henry's 5'4". Like, it's not that, that's... but it, uh, Max is like 5'11", I think. Max is not that short, you know, for 145 pounds at all. So that's what I'm saying. If it's going to happen... Uh, Volkanovski is the one to do it with. And, uh, man, fuck, let's have some fun. Let's see if a guy can win another belt. And if he wins that one, let's book him and Izzy Adesanya. Let's just keep doing this. That's not Izzy's. Not, is Izzy next? No. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't the next one be I skip like I skip like three belts. Yeah. Um, give him. Who's the champion? Be Charles. Who's 55? Charles. Charles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's either Charles or. Uh, Gaethje. Gaethje. That's next. Yeah. I, then if he wins that one, he fights Kamaru. The hand will be back. It will be fine. And then if he we does get, get four championships. I'll be pretty. I mean, I think I think by the time he fights Kamaru, he's just gonna be just like a bowling ball. <laughs> very true. He doesn't Do look any. He limit? doesn't look any different. And then eventually, at one of the weigh-ins, people are like, "This man's weighing thirty, weighing thirty pounds of ankle weights on his legs." <laughs> he's just got really thick-ass socks on, <laughs> just wearing thirty pounds of ankle weights. Um. All right, uh, let's talk about this pay-per-view that's coming this weekend. Um, live this Saturday from the Target Center in Houston, Texas. Clutch City, as those people like to call themselves, which has lost all meaning when James Harden was on their team all those years. There's They're not Clutch City anymore. Zing. Suck on it, Houston. Um, main evented by... Israel Adesanya, the last style bender. And Robert, I like to call myself the Reaper, but nobody likes that nickname. I'm really Bobby Knuckles Whitaker. Five rounds, 
a rematch of a fight that took place, as Mike mentioned, back in October of 2018. No, sorry, 19, which saw Whitaker lose his title in front of all of his friends and family to Izzy Adesanya in a fight that wasn't even a little bit close. Like I went back and watched it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a little bit close. Um, it was almost a problem immediately. What was happening in that fight for Robert Whitaker? Um, the rematch here. We got some fight odds for this. Do you gentlemen have it in front of you? I do have it in front of me. What are the fight odds, Mike? Uh, Izzy, are we are we going with DraftKings, FanDuel? I mean, considering you're going to actually bet on these things, I should wonder: should we just always bet FanDuel because that's your I book think of we choice? Should be FanDuel, yeah. yeah. Let's go. FanDuel. Uh, according to FanDuel, Israel Adesanya is a negative two sixty five favorite. Whitaker coming in at a plus two ten underdog. Two ten. Yes. I, by the way, I can't wait for the Super Bowl. It's going to be like half gambling commercials minimum. It's all. It's all going to be gambling commercials. Um. Marcus, Izzy mm-hmm. Adesanya since that first fight, only he's three he's and one. Lost. His only yeah, loss is to Jan Blachowicz. Mm-hmm. Uh, wins over Yoel Romero. Try to do this off memory. Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa, Marvin Vittori. Um, since that, since the fight though, uh, Robert Whitaker three and zero wins over uh, the likes of. Jared Cannonier, Darren Till, Calvin Gastelum, all three by decisions. By decision. Um, my feeling, we didn't learn anything new about any of these gentlemen, either of these gentlemen in these six fights, in these seven fights they had between the two of them. Honestly, my two cents. However, people think Robert Whitaker's been in the lab, made some adjustments. Do you agree? Do Are we going to get a new champion this weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think Izzy's going to retain. I mean, for me... I think it's not even like a horrible thing. Some of the shine wore off him going up to light heavyweight and, and losing to Jan, which I don't, I think it's, you know, I don't want to lose sight of like, you know, that's an incredible feat just to even attempt that, you know, you had Anderson who, who never really attempted to go off the bell at 205, even though he had a couple of fights there and, and performed really well. Um, it was very amenable of Izzy to, to, to shoot for the stars, but not to get it. So I think that does take a little bit of his kind of like destructor mentality, this aura he had built around him off a bit, but not enough to where I think Robert has has made major adjustments or even in Robert's fights. I haven't seen anything in the Calvin or uh, Jared or even Till fight to really make me think like, OK, this guy has made these huge corrections. It seems Didn't you like feel, apologize, Marcus. You've already mm-hmm. felt like he was on a different level. I mean, he was already clearly a class above those gentlemen already that was the logic going into them and we'd almost you know what was he going to show us i guess was you're almost going to see you know unless he was just icing these people in less than two minutes or something right yeah i mean looking at his competition before izzy you know i think it was greater competition and he had stopped he had a few stops you know a few stoppages there um which he hasn't done in his last week fights they've all been decisions so what I'm interested to see is that I think Whitaker is going to be more measured in this fight. Um, I think in the first fight, he, I felt like he had a really hard time judging the distance. And that's something that he had become very good at in his last couple of fights was winging these big punches and being in the right distance to connect with those punches. And he wasn't able to even get close in the pocket with Izzy, feeling comfortable to throw those big punches and land. And ultimately, it was in the pocket where Izzy was able to exploit him and hit him with a good hard, I think it was like a left hook that finished him. So, yeah, overall, I think Izzy's just going to have still too much in the stand-up, too many dynamic tools in his uh, you know, tool sh- uh, chest to really 
for Whitaker to make any big strides here. You know, if Whitaker, if we've seen him adapt to more of a grappling game, which I think we have to some degree, maybe he goes that route, but I just don't see him doing that. So I think the smart money's on Izzy. Um, and it, it's up to Whitaker to, to make that big adjustment and uh, to prove to us that, you know, he can win this fight, but I just don't see it in the cards. Yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a take Izzy also. I, I think it almost be... I say this sometimes when we're getting rematches, um, but this weight class is another one where, like, Izzy's got nobody to fight. I mean, I has he beat Cannoneer before? He embarrassed Brunson. Do we know if he beat Cannoneer before? I don't think he fought Cannoneer. Uh, Cannoneer got to, like, the number one contender fight, and then I think he lost. Okay. And it's he just, hasn't fought Strickland, which I think... Stylistically, is interesting, but I don't think I think he that's gonna be a rough night. I think for I think Strickland especially is a rough night for Strickland. That's a. That's I like to see be, it. I mean, I, I think I mean, he has hard, yeah, hard, hard time with kicks. What I think Izzy's very good at, but the boxing, he's definitely there. So I think it'd be an interesting matchup. But yeah, so anyway, think. so it'd almost be for the sake of entertainment in this division. Robert winning this would be good, also because I don't know what Robert does. If he's not, if he's got two losses as a champion, like you end up, I mean, I guess you eventually get a third shot, Max Holloway style. But like, I don't know. I think a third, I think if he wins this one, a third one would be even better. It would be a great seller. But, you know, we'll see. Izzy's got like one fight left on his deal after this or something. So it's, we'll see where that goes. But I, I just, I, we, Robert Whitaker might have made the adjustments. By the way, I've really enjoyed Izzy trying to like sell this fight against the nicest person in MMA to be like, oh, Whitaker's not a good person. Everybody's just like, Izzy, we get that you're trying, man. Shut up. <laughs> We're not here for the feud. Um, I just, we haven't seen the adjustments. Mark, you said it. We haven't, we don't know, you know? So maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Um, has Izzy gotten better? Izzy says he has. Maybe he has too. You know, he embarrassed Paulo Costa. You know, I don't really how much I'm supposed to begrudge him for losing to Jan when Jan was probably 30 pounds heavier mm -hmm, than him. Yeah. But 30 pounds sounds conservative, quite frankly. Yeah. Because Izzy weighed like 198 or something, didn't he? Or something like that, or 200 pounds. And then Jan I mean, is a, Izzy's, Jan's a uh, big boy. Izzy's shots just had no 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 effect yeah. on, on Jan in that fight. Um, but yeah, I got, I got Izzy uh, holding on to that belt. Mike, what do you think? Yep, I have it as well. Um, for me, uh, none of the shine uh, came off of Izzy from the uh, from the Jan fight because he he fought someone that was just so much so much bigger than him. Um, when Anderson went up to to two hundred five, all right, look, I I understand that Forrest was a former champion, and and Stefan Bonner was on all of the juice. But let's face it, I mean, compared to Jan Blachowicz, those guys are bums, all right? Like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Forrest literally lost the championship in the fight before he fought Anderson. I know yeah, Forrest yeah. was just like a tryhard, but for, at the time, I mean, he was good. That was a good win. That was a, that was you, a good win. Did, didn't you cost Steph a shit ton of money by telling him? Yeah, uh, Steph lost like 50 <laughs> bucks. I lost like 200 on that thing. <laughs> Okay, I just thought three uh, Forrest being a three to one underdog after just being the champion felt like a bit excessive. Okay, and Continue. in hindsight, and in hindsight, not a big enough. Dude, I, I literally, the, I just, I literally remember because we all bet some money. I just remember 
the first exchange was terrible for Forrest. And I Mark, I I remember Mark saying, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, like, just I have it in my head a memory of Mark was, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I I don't know if Robert will be able to beat Adesanya mainly because, I mean, has has he gotten better? I don't know. Um, he's still as good as he was before when he was champion. Um, we've seen Israel be as good as he's always been, um, at least at, at middleweight. At middleweight, um, so I don't see any reason to pick against Adesanya in this rematch, at least for now. Um, Whitaker would have had to have gotten really good at his wrestling for this to really make a difference for me, and I don't think that has happened. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Bobby Knuckles by lay and pray, twenty five minutes Bad. of it. Yeah, and I, I I don't think that's something that we're really going to be expecting. Clean sweep, though. Um, and uh, Chalk is with us as well, obviously. Co-main event for this one. Not a second title fight. Uh, interestingly enough, Derek Lewis tied to Ivasa. Tied to Ivasa said he was hammered when he agreed to this fight. And uh, he woke up seeing that he had texts from the UFC matchmakers. And also that he had responded to said texts. So, here we are. On the other hand, Derek Lewis, first fight since he got, um, he'll admit it, he got embarrassed by uh, Cyril Gaon. He had uh, a fight after that. Oh, he did? Yeah, he fought Chris Dukas. Oh, yeah. Got, Big flubby guy, yeah. That's why I'm the champ. Whoa, let me grab my belt. That fight is why I'm the champion, baby. Yep. yep. <laughs> Mike, Mike chose a white cop against Derek Lewis, letting down everybody, okay? <laughs> disappointing on every level um, black fights matter man anyway um Derek lewis though um i'm bringing up that he got embarrassed by surreal gone because he said part of the problem was all the pressure he felt fighting in houston which is his hometown mark what is the location of the target center where this fight is H-Town? taking place no i just have to imagine it's houston then right uh, i don't even know like i don't a, know what the, target the hometown of beyonce i'm sorry toyota center yeah it is in houston Fighting okay. again in Houston, presumably less pressure though. Fighting Tai Tuivasa mm. uh, on the co-main event, um, rather and for also the less pressure because you know you got embarrassed in your hometown already. It can't get any worse. Um, betting odds for this one at the FanDuel Sportsbook minus one ninety two for Derek. Lu- I'm sorry, minus the one ninety two for Derek Lewis, plus one fifty four for Tai Tuivasa. I can hear Stefan groaning about these betting odds not having zeros or fives on them um he's had one fight mark mentions his losing to surreal gone making me a champion you know knocking out dacus tied to ivasa on the other hand is fucking people up tied to ivasa has got four fights of knocking motherfuckers out um knocked out stefan struve knocked out harry hunsucker knocked out greg hardy and the only one to make it out of the first round knocked out augusta sakai who just looked like a bigger version of him. Really enjoyed that fight, by the way. That was fun. Um, Marcus, are we going to see Tai Tuivasa keep the fucking hot streak going, man? That would be pretty surprising. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think the smart money and obviously the line is lining up with Derek. And I think when you look at the competition that he's faced and some of the wins he's gotten, you know, he's faced 
good competition and has performed well against them. I mean, and I would even take Francis out of that because that fight was, you know, a big nothing burger. But, you know, we've seen him, you know, against Alexander, pull, you know, uh, a win out of the jaws of defeat. Um, and then we've seen him against, you know, wrestlers do well and other big guys. Uh, I feel like he he tends to do worse against technical strikers that are able to kind of like, you know, gauge that distance and pick him apart from the outside. That's definitely what Gon did. Um, and Ty's not that fighter. Ty, you know, you have to imagine that this is going to be an action-packed fight. And, and sometimes with, you know, that, you know, excitement around the fight, it doesn't tend to deliver. But for all intensive purposes, this seems like it's just going to be these two guys knocking each other around. And and I do feel like Derek will get the better of those exchanges. I And especially when you look at, you know, uh, Ty's fight with um, Greg Hardy, you know, Greg Hardy, had him on the ropes, you know, Ty, I think is a little bit more hittable than even Derek Lewis is. So I like those things for Derek. And I, some of the other untangibles, you know, I, we don't see Derek uses wrestling very often, but we have seen, you know, he's able to get off the ground if he needs to. So I think this is going to be a stand-up war and I do think Derek will get the better of him. But, you know, if Ty could win, that's going to be a huge, you know, victory for him. Cause you know, as much as sometimes I don't believe in Derek Lewis as much like this guy has fought for the title, you know, multiple times at this point. So it'd be a big win for him to get, to get a W over. Yeah, as much as we all have fun with Derek Lewis, like, you know, he's one of our favorites and, you know, swinging and banging black beast in this hoe and all that fun stuff. But he's gotten better. Like he is a top yeah. five. He's a legitimate top five heavyweight at this point. Mike, Ty Tuivasa joining the top five club. no, um, the only reason I picked against uh, Derek Lewis the last time is because I I kind of had to if I wanted a chance to win. Besides that, no, I wouldn't have picked against Derek Lewis, and I'm not picking against him now. Derek Lewis, that you mentioned, he is a top five heavyweight outside of the surreal gone fight. He has gotten better with each fight. He's lost a lot of weight. He's really uh, changed up his diet over the last two years, and he's deceptively quick. For, for for a man of, of, of his size. This fight isn't going to go to the ground. And in a battle of bangers, I will take Derek Lewis almost any day of the week. Yeah, I was going to say, in swanging and banging fights, Derek Lewis, the only times I remember him not coming out on top in fights like that was Mark Hunt sticks out, which that was a dangerous game to play with Mark Hunt because Mark Hunt's got, he swangs, bangs, and he's got technique. Um, but he generally comes out in these type of fights. Remember, really early on in his career, he lost a fight to uh, Matt Mitrione. But, you know, that was... God, Derek Lewis been in the UFC now for a long time. Like, this is almost eight years he's been in the UFC. Um, I got Derek Lewis too, man. I think it'd be really cool, though, in this division. I think Tai Tuivasa would be fun. You know, I, I mean... I was making the joke that they could have made this an interim title fight. Just do it. Just make this the interim title fight. Let's have some fun. Um, they probably could, given the rankings here. Um, I was wondering what he's ranked, actually, Toivasa, because he's won four straight in a division where winning a lot is... He's not even top 10. You win four, you win four heavyweight fights, Mark. You should be number five just by default. I don't care who you beat. Definitely like, this was division, the case back in the day, but... Yeah, this division's not that deep. Like, we're sure Biggie Boy should be ranked above Tai Toivasa? Like, we're all positive about that? He's at six. Like, I don't know. Maybe people aren't watching these fights. Okay. Um, next fight we're picking. Jared Cannonier. Uh, Derek Brunson. We mentioned this earlier in the night. Uh, seems like this is also booked as a bit of a backup 
in the event somebody in the main event gets hurt. Um, because mm-hmm. we have, uh, while we have Izzy at number as the champion, and the number one contender is Whitaker, number three and number four is what's happening here. Jared Kennedy or Brunson. So this is a, even if the, you know, it, the fight goes as planned, this is a massively consequential fight. Uh, what's happening here? The Killer Gorilla, Jared Cannonier, um, coming a bounce back from a loss to Bobby Knuckles to beat Kelvin Gastelum um, by decision. This is back uh, last August, five rounds. If I remember correctly, um, it wasn't that close. Oh, it was closer than I thought it was. He did win though. Uh, three out of winning three rounds on two score, uh, winning three rounds to two across all uh, three judges' scorecards. Derek Brunson has really come into, he's really hit a stride here uh, in his career. I, w- I would, so I would really, Marcus, say that this is, you know, I know he's 38 years old, but this is as good as Derek Brunson's ever been right here. Um, five straight wins, wins over Elias Theodoro, Ian Heinish, Edmund Shabazian, Kevin Holland, and Darren Till. Um, finishes over Till and Shabazian. Uh, some criticism Brunson's gotten to pass is maybe not being the most exciting fighter at times, but man, he's getting it done here. Um, you gotta imagine Brunson's hoping Whitaker wins and, uh, Cannoneer's hoping that Adesanya wins. <laughs> um, fight on the betting odds for this one. Um, we got Cannoneer at minus 176 to Derek Brunson's plus 142. This one is tough. This was actually, this is a close one. Mike, who do you got? Yeah, this one I'm gonna have to go against the uh, go against the favorite on this one and pick Brunson. Um, I feel that Brunson's more methodical and wrestling based style should be able to play out for for the victory in this one. Marcus, it was so weird because I I think when we were looking at this card earlier, it was very easy for myself to align with the um, the line and pick all the favorites and and that's never right you know anytime i think anytime i picked all the favorites there's always going to be one outlier and this was going to be the one i was going to pick brunson instead but since mike took the pressure off it's like i'll go with jared cannonier um i think mike has some points out you know i was just literally in the headspace of gearing myself up for brunson's uh potential upset here but even with that being said you know i feel more comfortable with jared cannonier i think to you know, looking at Brunson's, like when you really look at his record, he has a lot of impressive wins. Um, and you can even look back. You know, we were just talking about you know maybe this is the best stretch, but he had a good stretch in two thousand at the end of two thousand fourteen till uh, the end of two thousand sixteen, where he got a bunch of finishes. Um, you know, he he knocked out Herdman, Sam, <laughs> Sam Alvey, who was still around. Do you uh, think? Do you think Hall. that mm-hmm. those two fights back to back? You know which ones I'm talking about. The two losses, given how high profile they were, and honestly, given uh, like I'm talking about, of course, the Jocker. I mean, I'm really talking about the Izzy fight. That one went as bad as humanly possible, and it was every criticism anybody ever had about Derek Brunson coming into light. Really, that fight. It was right after he'd also lost to Jockeray again. Um, do you think that hangs with people? Like he's got five straight here, Mark, and he's the underdog. That's you know. That's something, no? Yeah, no, I mean, it is, and it may be unrightfully so, but I, I do feel at the same time, like, these five wins are, are good wins, but they're not quite, like, the top-tier guys. And we've saw, we've seen him fight the cream of the crop. He's literally fought the champion, the former champion, 
the greatest at middleweight. Uh, Ronaldo Souza was, you know, always a top contender, and he lost all those guys. And this last streak of five wins, these are notable guys, but they're not quite like the cream of the crop. You know, I don't think Till has ever really gotten there. Kevin Holland had a lot of hype around him, but I think we kind of knew he wasn't quite to that level yet. So I think if you look at these last five wins, and impressive as they are, and they are, and just to be consistent, you know, at this high level, it has to be, you know, uh, commended. But I, th- I, I like Cannoneer. I think he has the power. I think Mike is, I think it's smart to pick Brunson in this because I do think he has some tools that if he could get Cannoneer to the ground and tire him out, he could take off some of that edge. Um, but he's a live dog. I, yeah, yeah. But I, I liked, I like, I wanted to pick Cannoneer. This was going to be me splitting myself from the pack and, and potentially gaining a point, but I also felt not super confident and um, this could easily be a thing where i lose a point so mike took that pressure off i'll sit back with my favorite and see how it goes what's the uh standings right now mike ah it's a good thing you would ask that bobby uh very early on in the season it's true we've barely picked any fights over uh over the last month and a half crappy cards is what happens yeah that'll do it we're gonna have like 40 picks this entire year So, uh, all of us got a W last week. So, uh, you know, three uh, three snaps and a clap for all of us. Uh, Bobby and I are four and two. DJ, Mark, and Chalk are three and three. Fair enough. Um, I'll take uh, I'll take Brunson also. I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of digging the old. I'm, I'm kind of I, you know I me. Mean? I like the old guys go on a bit of a run. He's 38 years old. This is his big push. Just so, so you know, Jared Cannonier is literally a year younger than him. Yeah, but I don't think he's has, he has nearly as many fights, does he? He hasn't, no. He yeah, but I mean, this is like, yeah. But Derek's been fighting and came out of strike force for the love of God. Like, he's, God, it feels weird saying that makes him old. He was in strike force. But he's 30 fights in, so. There's no one in their 20s that fought in strike force anymore. That's probably yep. a fair assessment. That's how time works. That's how time works. We're not picking Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo, Rojo because no one knows who Marcelo Rojo is. Kyler Phillips is a minus 600 favorite. Um, I think it's still something like that, which is, I'm sorry, minus. Oh, no, he's minus 385. Still a massive favorite. We're not picking that. Just there's no point um, for us to pick a fight like that. One, something we want to mention, though, well, let's pick our last fight, and we'll talk about a couple other notable ones. Um, Nasrat, uh, Hacksparat, Hackparast, coming off of a loss to Darren Hooker, taking on Bobby Green, who um, is really was during the 2020, this last couple of years is the most active Bobby Green has been possibly ever, it feels like. Or at least in, in recent memory, Marcus, because I feel that was like the stretch where Bobby Green would fight for like one year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Bobby Green really been fighting a lot. Um, but he's bounced back from two losses to beat Ally Quinta. Um, honestly, I was really impressed. Um, we all probably wonder how much Al was into it, considering he retired after that fight. But he did also say he's kind of coming back, maybe now. So anyway, um, betting odds for this one. We got Bobby Green coming in. As a minus one forty five favorite to, I'm sorry, minus one four fifty eight favorite to Nasrat's plus one twenty eight underdog. I'm taking Bobby Green. I don't have reasons. I've seen both these guys fight. I've seen Bobby Green fight far more. I like Bobby Green. Is 
he's not just standing there acting like he's not getting hit by punches, man. Bobby Green does a lot of does a lot of talking and dancing in Bobby Green fights previously. I, he's beams he's very much seems to have upped his game in recent times. You know, I know he's come, I know he's lost he lost two fights before those um before that ally Quinta win, but you know, man's really you know, he seems this seems like the level of fight he can win. So I got Bobby Green. Mark. Yeah, as well. I got Bobby too. You know, like the guy a lot. Um I don't remember Nasrat's fights that often that well, I should say. So I it's really hard to draw a comparison. This pick is mostly just going off of I like Bobby. He's the favorite, so he potentially he should win this fight for the people that did do the research. So I'm going all chalk this one, which the record show hasn't been so great, but you know, let's see if it can turn itself around. Hey, this is the eleventh anniversary of the time we went to Vegas and bet an entire chalk parlay, all of us. And all made money and all hugged like we won the Super Bowl. It worked uh, sometimes. I remember, I remember Mike was accosting, was it Jake Ellenberger's family, ta- <laughs> trying to tell them that he bet on their kid and they did not give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Mike, who do you got was, this one? I was just trying to spread the love, you yeah. know, and, and, and the happiness. I mean, he, their kid won. We, well, my, well, my, Mike and I literally were, ju- we literally were hugging and jumping, you and me, when we both, like, we, like, yeah, it was right after Anderson front kicked me towards head off. And we just, yes, 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 jumping up and down. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, man. What a, your be- what a beautiful way to win money. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to be uh, sweeping this one. Um, I can't remember watching uh, Nazrat fight. I think I remember watching that Dan Hooker fight. Um, but honestly, can't remember it. So I'm going to go with the guy I actually remember fighting, Bobby Green. Four years in the UFC is barely memorable, too, is saying something. Um, all right, some notable fights on this one. Um, Andre Arlovsky's still fighting, guys. Andre Arlovsky's still dance. fighting. Mm-hmm. He's still out there. My man is winning fights. They just keep giving him these young guys. You know, he's beat. He's this will be three straight. If Andre Arlovsky wins this, give this man a title shot. That's three straight. Okay, he's already won four of five. You know, that's good work by old man Arlovsky. Who but is, you know what? When was the last time he had a actual finish in the UFC? I'm not seeing none of those, man. I don't care. Travis Brown, 2015. Yo, he is Maximus's father. Okay, I hope that dog is doing okay. Just put that, that, is that dog still alive? Okay, now let's not be sad, Mike. Jesus, <laughs> the same. Um, dog. That's maybe ten years. And we're gonna get the retirement fight of. Favorite of the podcast, just as nice and real person real in real life when you meet her, Roxanne Modafferi, uh, taking on Casey O'Neill. I uh, I don't know who Casey O'Neill is, but she's a very big favorite, which makes me think Roxanne is the retirement fight might be a short one. This is what my worry is, but you know it is most it is most likely going to be a short one. Um, Canal salute. And uh, applaud Roxanne's career. She's one of the pioneers of uh, women's MMA. And also congratulations to her because uh, if I read correctly, she's engaged. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, she really had a good second act there, Marcus, after she went and joined um, Syndicate MMA, I believe, the one in Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. Is the one she really, like, she really, like, started putting it together, you know, got a title shot at it in there. She, you know, she, at one point she won four or five. You know, coming off of in coming off of Invicta, so I don't know. I just you know, going out in the UFC, 
Head held high. Veteran of 44 cage fights. Maybe she goes out with a win. Maybe she doesn't, but congratulations to Miss Montefiore. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's it with this card. Uh, Alex Perez on this card, not bad. It thinks this has got like 15 fights on it again. There's so how is Moicano versus? I said this last week. Alexander Hernandez versus Hanato Moicano just happening on the on the fight pass part of this card or the ESPN Plus part of this card is kind of crazy to me, but is what it is. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's what we got going MMA wise this week. Um, say we do some stuff we like as. Right on. As, as, as I quickly Sounds make good. as I as I quickly make sure there's no Bellator card. I also just uh, share something to Bobby. Um, yeah, thank Bobby, you. Uh, very very pertinent to you as well, Mark. Did you know that your mask mandate uh, expires on the fifteenth? Yeah, we already knew that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mike. We uh, we uh, yeah, Mike, we're getting Mike, close. We're googling just that shit every case, time. Just in case the news, uh, you know, in your. Your neck of the woods didn't reach you yet. You know, I'm yeah. trying to help, help, help you guys out. Well, Definitely the viewers, not some. The viewers know that, you know, come the 15th, we won't have to wear a mask when we do Allegedly. the show. <laughs> Raw dog in the air, baby. Um, worth mentioning, one championship is happening this week with a pretty badass fight of John Lineker versus Bibiano Fernandez. Which, nice. that actually, I, I would like to see that fight of just Bibiano trying to avoid John Lineker throwing fucking, you know, haymakers at him while he walks him down. Um, and we got uh, Juicy A Formiga fighting at, on LFA. Um, pointing this out because I'm pretty sure the Fight Pass subscription I paid for for all of us expires soon. So if anybody wants to watch this shit, there's that. Um, all right, stuff we like. Um, Mark, you want to lead it off? Yeah, sure. Um, this week kind of kicks off. Uh, a month and some change of a lot of really fun games coming out. It, it's been a while, at least personally, for there to be kind of a flood of video game releases that I was really excited about. Um, and two of them come out this week, and one of them I actually got to play uh, yesterday. So um, on the 8th, or actually when you guys are listening to this, uh, Sifu on PlayStation 5, 4, and PC on the Epic Game Store has come out, um, and also Ali Ali World. So personally... You know, I knew these two games were coming on the 8th. I was very excited for both of them. I really thought Sifu was definitely the one I was most interested in. Um, if you haven't seen this, it's kind of a kung fu beat-em-up style game with the main kind of hook being that every time you die, your character ages um, a year or more, depending on, you know, how many times you've died and what your little death counter is like. But, I mean, visually, the game has a really cool art style, low-poly textures, which has kind of been kind of this new wave of games coming out. Like I mentioned, uh, Deep Rock Galactic kind of has a similar uh, aesthetic with the low poly count uh, textures and stuff like that. But uh, visually, really stunning. The animations for the fighting is fantastic. The soundtrack is great. Um, like I mentioned, I got to play a little bit of it, and I have been enjoying it. But the big um, criticism of the game and it not reviewing quite as high as I thought it was going to is that it's very difficult. And, and I can attest to this, that it is a very hard game that not only wants you to master its systems, but kind of makes you have to, to be successful in the game uh, because of this death mechanic where you're constantly aging up. Once you hit a certain age, 
Um, you can't continue. You basically, when you lose there, you have to start your your run, quote unquote, over again. And the basically, it's not really like a roguelike, although it has some of those elements. You're not getting like random power ups each time, but you are able to upgrade certain abilities. And when you upgrade them enough, they become permanent, which is kind of a nice feature. And it is a way to have some kind of constant progression, even if if you are doing runs that you're not, you know, progressing in the story. Um, but it's been difficult, um, and it's definitely been a game where I've put in. 30, 45 minutes trying to redo a level and just not being as successful as I need to be, getting frustrated and being like, ah, I, I'm going to call it now. But, you know, to its, you know, uh, benefit, it is a game that, like, after I quit, I'm like, I kind of want to go back and try again. Um, so that's been really good. So on the other hand, we have Ollie Ollie World, which is the third game in the Ollie Ollie series, which has been a game that I've really been a big fan of since it first came out. It's a 2D skateboarding game. And kind of its hook early on, at least in the first two games, was that not only you doing these, you know, kickflips and, and tricks on your board using the analog stick, but I think what kind of set it apart is a big portion of your score and the mechanic of the game is sticking your landings when you're doing these tricks. So as you're coming down on the trick, you hit the A button to kind of stick your landing, which I thought was a really interesting aspect that a lot of the other skating games haven't really delved into as much. Uh, one of the I wouldn't even say criticisms, but one of the things that didn't stand out about the game was like it didn't have a very unique art style to it. It was kind of going for, you know, a pixel art aesthetic, which I think was fine and serviceable. Uh, the biggest adjustment to Ollie Ollie World, I think, is the art direction. It has taken basically it looks a lot more cartoonish. Uh, it looks and it has I, I, a lot of people point to Adventure Time. I think that is a very apt comparison. It looks like the Adventure Time cartoon. And I think that really wait wait they're comparing it. a skating game to Adventure Time for its art direction and it's you know oh, basically okay. how All the right. characters are are drawn, which I think really makes it stand out. Which is something that when you look at Ali Ali and Ali Ali Two, it's pixel art. It looked fine. It was completely serviceable, but it didn't really stand out from the crowd. And when they finally you know debuted Ali Ali World, uh, it really stuck out. It has a lot of attitude and charisma and just visual pop to it. Um, as well as them going to more of a 3D engine, so they're able to do some more things in the foreground and background. And I guess they've also tweaked the gameplay is that, you know, sticking the landing mechanic is still there, but it's not nearly as required. You don't have to stick landings to, you know, not fall off your skateboard. Overall, I heard that it's a bit more lenient, uh, so it could be a little bit more accessible, which I think is good because it, it also was a tough game to get into, you know. Fortunately, I was able to kind of break that barrier and was able to, you know, be successful and be able to progress in the game. But I definitely have heard a lot of people say, like, oh, I just couldn't get into it because it was particularly tough. So I think that was the correct move for them. The game reviewed much better than I thought it was going to, getting into like the 90s or high 80s on Metacritic, where Sifu's kind of in the, the mid 70s, you know, and, and that's a, with, a, with a grain of salt, you know. I mean, you really have to have your own experience to, you know, judge the games. Don't purely go off their Metacritic metacritic score but at the end of the day i was surprised that those two games kind of placed where they did because i would have thought sifu which i was super excited about would have been higher and ali ali will maybe kind of got drowned out a little bit but i was really excited to see that it's been received so well so yeah those are two awesome games uh that are, What's, are basically uh, out now what are they on uh so sifu is a playstation and epic game store exclusive uh, and then Ollie Ollie World's on everything. Switch, Xbox, PC, PlayStation. That's pretty much it. I don't think next I had gen, else next gen, next gen, or so. any any gen. 
Uh, I think they're both next gen. I, mean, I think you do. I, I know. I know. Seafood's there's a PS5 and, and Ollie Ollie World. Yeah, so it's all all gens for Ollie Ollie World. There's nothing that thing that can't play on, I guess. Um, and then yeah, it's a PlayStation and Epic Store exclusive for Seafood, but really cool. Okay, um, I'll go because I was watching a bunch of old stuff. The old stuff. I'm hoping Mike ends with this, this with a bang. Something, some exciting recommendation. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Um, everybody, I'm just gonna say y'all should be watching Peacemaker. I'm, I'm all in. Um, I don't. Let's talk, if I don't want to spoil anything. Also, because uh, I don't think that Mark, last episode was good. Woo! It was. Mark, are you caught up? I haven't seen six. I just watched five this last. Five weekend, was good so. too. Five was good too. Um, six. A lot of stuff happens in six. Just a lot of stuff. I think it's only eight episodes too. This show. Wait, have I? Am I? Am I back an episode? Have I watched episode six? Couldn't tell I mean, you. Well, we'll talk after this episode and see what the last thing Mark, Mark saw is, and we'll see if that lines up with the last thing you saw. Um, I think it's just really well done. Um, I don't know if they got picked up for a second season yet. Did they? Because they should. I haven't uh, heard anything, but it's a really good show. And I'm not just saying that because you know it's got John Cena in it and. I mean, that wouldn't be a reason, though. I don't even like John Cena that much. He's doing a great job, though. Like, fully. I remain impressed with his, you know, how much he's putting into this thing. Um, besides that, uh, see, it was my birthday on Saturday. I'm old. Yeah, I'm old. Um, thank you to my friends and family, all of them. Uh, went with my girlfriend to a place in Emeryville called The Hidden Spot. Got myself a burger. It's a burger place. Wagyu How'd you burgers. find it? Oh, it was tough. Because I, I was questioning the whole thing. Because we got there. I'm not making a joke. I parked. And she's like, hey, it's here. And I'm like, well, th- th- it says somewhere else. Like, we're going to the hidden spot. The name of this thing is Hometown Heroes. She's like, no, it's got a different name. And I'm like, okay. And then we went inside. And they're like, oh, you scan this QR code and you order burgers. Very good. I'm not proud of the fact that I ordered something called the BM burger, and then it took me far longer than I'm willing to admit, really, that BM stood for Bon Me burger. I ate half the burger that was full of pickled carrots and daikons, and I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. That's what this is. Um, really good. Um, went back to my place, played with the dog, you know, uh, she was kind enough to make me chili relleno, which is my favorite Mexican food. Um... And I was kind of have to make her watch a bunch of stuff she probably didn't want to watch on YouTube. <laughs> um, it's your birthday. Exactly. I literally was showing her. I was just watching old-ass stuff on Peacock. Old-ass wrestling at one point in there. Did you show her when Undertaker just blasted Maven in the head? I've watched that at least once a month. Oh, yes. She's listening to this. Next weekend, we're watching Maven get blasted in the head. Um, so bad. by the Undertaker, okay? <laughs> Fucking concussion protocol be damn. He beat his ass. That whole, You should watch the whole match. Beat his ass continually. Um, I thought you were going to say Undertaker throwing mankind off the so cell. Mean. Yeah, it's real mean. Um, but yeah, uh, hung out with my family on Sunday. Uh, my brother made me some Wagyu steaks. I, I just put on weight this weekend, guys. My mom made gourmet sabzi, my favorite Persian dish. I got a bunch in my fridge right now. Just put on weight, you know. Just that was it. But I had a good time, and you know, um, what I like, and this is gonna sound kind of mean, or it does I don't know. I'm enjoying all this Joe Rogan stuff because 
I'm just finding it real funny to hear so many, so many white people think it matter to me when they say they stand with Joe Rogan after Joe Rogan says the N-word. <laughs> when Jake Shields and, you know, uh, Tim Kennedy. Huh? Those are not good allies. Tim Kennedy and Frankie Edgar. And it's just one white dude after another. And Michael Rappaport. And any white could be everybody tell me. And like, look, I don't think Joe Rogan, honestly, I never met Joe Rogan. He probably should have said those jokes he did, you know, when he should have said the N-word. And that Planet of the Apes bit was pretty offensive. Honestly, um, like that. Pl- All right. I'll. Pretty much everything else I could understand because, like, the way he was using the word, it's like, all right, I mean, I mean, maybe he shouldn't have said it, but like, the way he was using it's like, okay, whatever, you know. The Planet of the Apes thing is like, damn, that's not good. That was, that was, look, okay, I don't necessarily think Joe Rogan's a racist, but I'm enjoying all this. I also, because I'm just like, you thought you were just gonna get a hundred million dollars and nobody was gonna question you and your bullshit? Like, (laughs) you are steering into the bullshit, buddy. People are like, they're trying to cancel Rogan. And I'm like, he'll always have a job at the UFC. <laughs> they don't care. And uh, he'll be fine. He's got a $100 million contract. I mean, we're, we're, I'm just we're, enjoying we're the whole thing. He goes back to YouTube and boom, that's it. Uh, you like, can, this, he'll he still get his $100 million He should have stayed independent, man. You know, you think, you think FanDuel owns Pat McAfee's show? No. They pay him sponsorship money. You pay, you, you keep your own show. Just saying. That being said, if they wanted to give me $100 million to do anything... I would have said yes too. So, yep. Anyway, I've really been enjoying that. Um, but yeah, nice birthday weekend, and I'm gonna watch the Super Bowl this coming weekend. And me and Mike are gonna get paid because we're gonna gamble on it, and we are excellent at gambling. That's right. Plus eight fifty odds on the Bengals. Your boy guy. I wish I had bet more than ten bucks. Yeah, beat LA. You know, go go Bengals. That's I right. guess. I think my brother's gonna go to the game. He's trying to work that out right now. Least surprising thing I have heard today. He's just he's just trying to make it happen. I mean, it's my brother. It's the way it is. Mike, what do you got this week? Nikki, mm-hmm. Nikki being involved in once in a lifetime experiences. That's a once in a month thing for him. I don't know if this is. I is it not a we good got, sign where yeah. I where I don't like know for the he, moment. I'll, I'll make that happen. I legitimately don't know if he's ever been to a Super Bowl before. Maybe. I know he's been to the NBA Finals a few times. And I know him and my dad went to the NCAA football championship when it was here. On By the way, they decided to go to that on half an hour notice of being like, hey, I can buy these tickets. No, it's funny. He tried to get me to split some shitty tickets with him. This is just a side story now. And I said, man, <laughs> I, I literally said, I don't want to go. I got to record the podcast. It's a Monday night. And then he calls my dad 10 minutes later. And then my dad's like, Nikki hornswoggled me into paying like $300 to sit closer for this stupid fucking college football game. <laughs> anyway, um, that's all I got this week. Mike, what do you got? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would honestly be more surprised if Nikki's never gone to a, to a Super Bowl. Well, um, we'll see. <laughs> for, for me this week, it's, uh, it's a show that premiered on Amazon Prime on Friday. It's a show called Reacher. You guys have probably seen, uh, I think Tom Cruise had uh, two movies playing the character back mm-hmm. uh, back a few years ago. I saw the first one. I liked it. Um, from what I gathered, I never watched them, but from what I gathered, people did enjoy the movies. They were good movies because, let's face it, Tom Cruise doesn't make bad movies. But people that read the Reacher novels um, 
always fought against Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, the short thing. I, I, I was going to say, short, I know this. <laughs> Tom the, Cruise is as tall as me. Short and Reacher's King, Tom yeah. Cruise being Jack Reacher because in the novelizations, Jack Reacher is like a hulking 6'5", you know. He's a real beefy son of a bitch. Beefy genius character. Um, and Tom Cruise is not 6'5". Um, invert those numbers and you know maybe that's his height um so it's the guy who played thad in uh in the league if you guys ever watched that or uh, i think he was hawk in um in dc's titans i don't know what his actual name is um but i think he was donatello in the ninja turtles movie too i think you're correct yes um the first three episodes uh premiered on amazon prime on on Friday, I burned through them. It's a very well-written show, a lot of action, and a lot of like little spy fair things that are pretty cool. So, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, give Reacher a give Reacher a, a, a watch. I'm gonna need Amazon. I mean, I'm not gonna cancel Amazon Prime because they, you know, they got you. What the fuck else am I gonna do? Got you. Um, but uh, you think they, by the way, you think you have the Amazon credit card? They would just give you Prime, but. It's besides no. the point. Mm-mm. They haven't put a show on in a while that I've watched on Amazon Prime. What was the last one uh, actually? Was the, what was the cartoon? Invincible. Invincible. Yeah, that was yeah. that was like six months ago though, wasn't it? Oh, it feels like it was way more than six months ago. Now it's longer than that. When did the boys end? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of just blurred together. Yeah, boys. I need the boys to come back. I need uh, Umbrella Academy to come back. I need my like mediocre superhero shit to come back. All right. I've been watching Daredevil back the first season. Holds up. See, you're one of the you're one of the reasons why that show is back in Netflix's top ten. That's why I watched it because it's in the top ten. I'm like, I'll watch Daredevil. I was like, I'm gonna watch Daredevil again, and I was like, I mean, at first I was like, I should watch. Well, where am I with Jessica Jones? I'm like, oh, I abandoned the third season because it was terrible. Uh, that's what's what did it. It was hard to keep up with those shows when they canceled them. So. I don't even think I watched the third season of Jessica Jones. I still need to watch the. Th- I mean, need to is a strong word. I still haven't watched the third season of Jessica Jones, second season of Punisher, and I made it an episode into the second season of Iron Fist and thought this is far less shitty than it was first season. Yeah, but the first season was real bad. Yeah, second season I'm like that's not bad. <laughs> just don't care. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll be back next week. We're gonna see if we have a new middleweight champion. Normally, there's other questions we ask. We're going to see who the next contender is at middleweight, possibly. Though, if the last two guys standing here are Derek Lewis and uh, Israel Adesanya, someone tell Henry Cejudo it's bulking season, baby. We can get him right up to 185 immediately. All right? (laughs) Um, Thank you all for listening. I was Dr. Law. It's DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. See you all next week. Fuck the Rams. Go Bengals. Peace. See ya. Goodbye.